Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Karen Krause, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today um, here at the Meritage Resort. <laughs> we decided to hang out here and talk. Thank you for having me. Tell me, what was your first professional job? My first professional job was with American Express uh, Merchant Services. So my clients were the wineries, the hotels, the restaurants, the you know all of the merchants here in the, the wine country. Let's talk about your, your business now and what you're up to. Uh, well, do you want to know how it started or just yes. what I'm what I'm doing? I can well, go tell, backwards if you'd like. Well, tell me how you started it. So we started it because my husband decided that we needed to have an 80-acre parcel and 16 acres of vines. And we had absolutely no experience in, we never talked about, you know, we wanted to own vineyard, make wine, none of that. Uh, we enjoyed drinking wine, but never had any aspirations. And so we saw this listing, he's a cyclist, and he saw the listing um, up on Mount Vitor on one of his rides. And he came home with the paper and he was very excited about it. And we went and we took a look and the property was really, I, I like to call it unloved. And it did not present well at all. And I had absolutely less than zero interest in exploring it, much less buying it. Well, the long story short, 60 days later, we owned it uh, because my husband could see what I couldn't see. And that would, was, you know, when we gave the vines all that they needed and it was beautiful and we renovated the house and built a barn and all that. So we ended up buying it and we were basically, it was a baptism by fire because he runs an insurance company. And so I took on the vineyard and I was a grower to begin with. Uh, this was 07. So okay. I left American Express in 06. And then in March of 07, we opened escrow. We took ownership May of 07. Uh, and so we, I thought the reason I agreed to purchase the vineyard was because it was on paper revenue generating. So I thought, okay, we'll grow grapes, make money and move on and do that again and again and again. And it didn't happen in 07, and it really didn't happen in 08. Oh, no. So then, of course, the economy took a really, you know, bad turn. And so we decided, okay, what are we going to do here? And my husband said, well, why don't we do, you know, like Crush Pad, and so people can make their own wine. And I said, it's a great idea. However, you know, people are deciding, can I put gas in my car or can I buy food? And they're not thinking, gee, I should have my own label. But then I thought, because of my Amex days, I thought there is a small percentage of people who are minimally or not at all affected by the economic downturn, and I'm going to speak to them, and I will do this. I will offer my wine by the barrel's worth, specially curated, curated with their story and label for their private seller. And it's funny because my husband included, everyone who I told this, they said, you will never reach that audience. And I said, watch me. And because of my experience with American Express and you know sales, marketing, PR, branding, and a little bit of Six Sigma, I, I one of the first pieces of editorial that I got was in American Airlines uh, Celebrated Living. So it's in their first class seats as well as subscription. And I got, I don't know, it was a couple of inches, maybe two by three inches of editorial. And I sold five barrels. Oh, wow. Off of it. Good start. Right? 
And so I thought, okay, let me take this momentum. And I just, I went after the editorial uh, and my brand built. And then one day I got a phone call from uh, the Black Book, the Formula One's uh, motorsport uh, book that summarizes the races throughout the the year and the cars and the drivers and everything that, and the parties and everything that goes with it. And they called and they asked me if I wanted to partner. And I actually thought it was a, a joke or a scam. And so I'm talking to them, you know, it's like 7.30 in the morning and I'm Googling and I'm finding that this is real. And so I started a partnership with them about six years ago. Actually, we're in our seventh year now. And so I'm their official, Mount Vitor Magic Vineyards is their official wine partner. And so around the world, any brand associated with Formula One uh, sees my brand, has had my wine, and I've sold to some clients as well. That's awesome. That's a great story. So today, that program still exists? Yes, I sell my wine by the barrel's worth to individuals. So they basically, they get finished wine. It's not like a a liquid barrel that they then have to bottle. They're getting bottled wine in a fabulous, you know, uh, highest quality Bordeaux bottle, you know, corks capsules, and then their story on the back label, and then the front is, you know, whatever image or artwork or whatever it is that they need and then uh, my client base is pretty male it's uh, I'd say 95% male uh, who has everything and this is just one thing they don't have because of all the wines produced in Napa Valley only a little over 1% come from the Mount Veter Appalachian where our vineyard is and so for you to have your own Mount Veter wine you're kind of the 1% of the 1% right and that's the perception, you know, that my, my clients have. And so they, they use it for their personal use and, you know, to give to gifts at, at their discretion. But nobody resells their wine. Is there room for more clients? I offer 20 to 25 barrels a year, which means I can have 20 to 25 clients a year. It depends on the vintage. For instance, 2015 was a light vintage, and I had, I think I had 17 barrels. Uh, so I... There is always room for new clients. Not all of my vintages do I have a full barrel available. I can offer half barrels and in some cases a quarter barrel. So 24 cases, 12 cases, or 6 cases. So I would say I always have a little stash, you know, somewhere. (laughs) So if anyone listening is interested, what do they need to do? Reach out to me. Maybe go on the website, uh, Mount Veter Magic. Dot com and I do spell mount out m-o-u-n-t-v-e-e-d-e-r-m-a-g-i-c so just go on the website and check it out and if you like what you see my number's there uh, or my email just reach out to me and you know we'll chat further okay during the the course of developing that project what was perhaps one of the most challenging parts <sighs> other than buying the vineyard <laughs> and turning it around seeing seeing the potential Well, the challenges were multi-layered because there was the vineyard, but there was also septic and well, and then the house. The house is originally 1924, and we had zero experience in any of those areas. So the challenges were many, and it wasn't like I had a challenge and then I figured it out the next day. But the beautiful thing about Napa Valley, and I will say on Mount Veter in particular, is the community. So I basically, I just picked up the phone or I sent an email and I said, help. How do you do this? Or why do you do this? Or can you look at this and tell me, should we buy this vineyard? 
you know, who do you use for your septic and who's your well guy? And, and I got answers. And uh, they, they really helped all of this community, the wine community and the Mount Vitor community helped to demystify everything and just give me the, the, the short list. And I accomplished things and I learned along the way. I'm still learning. It is one of the fabulous things about this, this valley is that they are so supportive and giving and helpful. Yes, it's kind of a one for all and all for one because even though there's some competition, it's, you're still under the Napa Valley umbrella. So if you're putting out a wine that has a Napa Valley name on it, everybody wants it to be premium and to be to the standards of Napa Valley competition aside that would be secondary and I think that's why I got the help that I got and I got real answers from folks. You mentioned to me before we started that you are embarking on something new. I am. Okay. Actually you're the first person hearing about this. Uh, so I for most of my life and, and definitely in my adult life people will call me male female young old and they will ask Karen where did you get that really cool, you know, gadget? Or uh, how do you make your house smell so good? Or, you know, I spent the night at your house and your linens were amazing. Where did you get them? And how do you cook this? And, you know, what's your paint scheme? And it's just sort of my life in, in general. And so I've had a, friend, a couple of friends over the years say, you know, Karen, you really should share this with people. And, and, and really what they were saying is monetize it as well. And it's something I'm already doing. I love it. I enjoy it. And so I am launching Karen Krause Napa Valley, and I'm establishing myself as a vineyard lifestyle influencer. And so you can see the authentic Napa Valley, you know, life and make, recreate it in your world wherever you live if that's, you know, if that's what you wish or just read about it and enjoy it and let it go. Uh, or purchase the things that I purchase or, you know, use the services that I use. Uh, but I'm excited about it. So it should be, by, by mid-April, the website will be, be launched. Do you have someone that consistently inspires you along the way? I think that is a great question. My answer is, I, I think I probably had human mentors per decade of my life. You know, when I was a little girl, when I was in high school, in my 20s, 30s, 40s, and now I'm in my 50s. But I would say that if I had to name a mentor, it would be adversity, challenges, obstacles. Uh, I've had a lot of them. Nothing has come easy to me ever in my life. And I think that when you have adversity, it makes you wiser. It makes you, it gives you more confidence. Uh, it teaches you so much, and I think it's, it's, it teaches you so much more than someone's words could teach you because you have to figure it out on your own, and then once you do it, you actually do it, you'll never forget it. So I've not repeated mistakes that I probably would have if I had just gotten advice from someone, and so I've learned that adversity or challenge or if things aren't quite going the way that your plan um, has been written embrace it uh, because I'm always way way better for it than if it had just gone smoothly so I would say adversity is probably my mentor what keeps you going every day it's easy to be driven in a beautiful place like the Napa Valley so 
you know, especially on days when the sun is out. Right. But, you know, my vines need me. I have, you know, basically 7,000 children. And, you know, that drives me. Um, you know, the okay, wine. you got to explain that. 7,000 children. 7,000 vines. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wow. And, and they need to be tended to. Yes. You know? So I, 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 can, I consider them my children. Um, so, you know, the, the vineyard drives me, the, the winemaking process, engaging with my clients, getting new clients. Because I, I really get to know my clients intimately. Uh, and that that really drives me you know getting to know them and figuring out what their label should look like i write all of their back labels uh, and so i have to really understand what's important to them and who they are Uh, so there's so many things you know that drive me i mean my husband and i have a wonderful relationship we live in this beautiful place we travel a lot we're healthy Uh, there's so many things that that probably too many things that drive me (laughs) (laughs) feed your soul they feed your soul all these things Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Curious, this time next year, where do you hope to be with your businesses? My goal is to be pre-sold with Mount Feeder Magic Vineyards so that... uh, the, the barrels are, you know, pre-allotted. Uh, my goal is to have Karen Krauss Napa Valley established, pretty well established in, and, and I'm, I'm looking to be a micro-influencer. I, I don't need the whole world. I don't think the whole world is interested in this, but, you know, in, in the little niches of the world that I want to be in, I, I intend to be pretty well established. When do you think you will have reached success? What do you gauge that on? I think I have reached different levels of success throughout my life. I think putting myself through college, those were one of those adversity times in my life, uh, and I had to put myself through college. I felt really, I mean, getting my degree, that was a huge success. What Uh, did you get your degree in? uh, Business administration. Okay. Uh, But just, you know, being able to pay my rent every month was you know, was success. You know, getting a job at a Fortune 100 company, you know, was a success. Uh, You know, moving to Napa, I mean, so many successes. And I know I have many more ahead of me. Good attitude, for sure. And good way to look at it, that you've had different milestones along the way that are identified as successes. Let's talk about you personally now. You are from New Orleans. I am. I was born in New Orleans. And how long did you live there? I was a just under five when we moved to Southern California. Okay. So I grew up in Southern California. So you're you're probably a California girl with a lot of New Orleans influence. That's very accurate. And you moved to the Napa Valley in 1990. So you have been here for quite some time and you as you've said you live on Mount Beter which is in the Napa the town of Napa proper. I well, the, say. the vineyard is on Mount Veter. We actually live about six miles from the vineyard, but we're in North Napa. So you're in the Napa area. Yes. So I've, I want to ask, why Napa? When you could have moved to Calistoga, St. Helena, Yontville, how did you choose Napa? 
Well, the answer is going to surprise you. Okay. We moved to Napa. We were living in the Walnut Creek area, and oh, we right. desperately wanted to own a home, our first home. Napa was affordable. It was. It was a, It was one of the few places that we could get a brand new house that we could afford. And that was in uh, 90, 90 when we purchased it. And we actually moved into the house in January of 91 because it was being built. That will probably surprise our listeners. Yes. But it doesn't surprise me. Now I think Napa is you know this new hot spot and it's going to be hard to buy reasonable housing right in napa so that's how you chose napa that's how we chose napa if we took a step inside your home what would we see describe your decor your style well my style is a combination of you know napa valley heavy you know i really love that modern farmhouse look but there are definitely um obvious southern southern hospitality elements uh, and a strong feminine you know vibe so i would say a little bit of napa valley a little bit of southern and a little bit of feminine certain colors that pop well our farmhouse which is really on the vineyard um, it's probably the most representative of my taste Uh, i love whites and grays and there's a specific blue that i love it's sort of French blue, peacock blue, kind of a combination somewhere in between. Uh, and so I, I really like the blue. I love a, to throw in a pop of bright red as well. But I, I love whites, like different shades of white as a, a palette because I feel like anything will pop. Gray will pop off of white. And then a red really pops. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and the blue too. But it's all, it, it's, it's enough color to warm it up but it's still neutral do you have a hobby or do you collect something or is there something about you people would be surprised to learn or i might be surprised to learn (laughs) well there's a couple things you might be surprised to learn i'm i love pilates and uh, i like the the really advanced pilates you know where you're balancing and you're standing on the moving reformer and i i love that uh, I do love to cook. It's my, it's it's what calms me. It's what de-stresses me. It's what fills me up. Um, I love to walk and hike. Favorite hike spot? My vineyard. Oh, perfect. It's very okay. hilly. It's very. It, it's it's a it's a cardio. It's a cardio hike. Yes, steep. Right. It is very hobbies. Growing grapes and making wine, although I have a winemaker, but the industry it sort of blends into my hobby. Okay. Uh, but I would say cooking is is a, a, a big hobby of mine. But I really, really enjoy entertaining. Just you know, gathering people, whether it's for business or for personal uh, or a combination. I, I I think that's probably where I get my greatest joy. Is there a entertaining tip? that our listeners might benefit by learning? Well, I think the most important thing when you're going to gather people, whether it's just you know family members that you know really well or you're gathering business associates who may or may not know each other or somewhere in between, I think it's important to really think about who's, who all is going to be there. Are they the right choice you know, for each other? 
and what are you trying to accomplish? Are you just trying to create a space that people can visit with each other? Are you celebrating something? Uh, are you trying to network and get a business deal done? I think really think about what you're trying to accomplish and who you are including. And I think if you do that, the rest of it comes easily. You go, oh, well, I should serve this because, you know, we're going to do a sit down or I'm not, we're not going to do a sit down. It's easier if we have, you know, tapas kind of things. Um, so I, th- I think really it's who's gathering. Okay, so I have to ask, we're in wine country, other than your own wine, and it doesn't have to be wine, what do you like to drink at home? I love vodka. Tito's Straight is, up? Yeah, oh, Tito's, Tito's is one of my favorites. Okay. But I'm not picky. Um, I, I, I do enjoy vodka with some sort of, like a lot of citrus. Not everybody in wine country has to drink wine. Well, that's not to say I don't drink wine. Oh, I drink no. wine quite often, but I'm, I'm a fan of, of, of vodka. Is there a meaningful trip that you've taken? Well, we, we try to take, a, you know, I'm using air quotes, big trip each year and go somewhere outside, you know, of the U.S. And we went to Saint-Rémy de Provence last year in France. And I will tell you, we've traveled a fair amount, and I've been to France before, but there was something in Saint-Rémy that just, it felt like home. And... I enjoyed every minute of it. There, there was an element of it that felt like Napa. It was very Napa-like because it was the countryside and there were vineyards. And it was very similar to the, the decor and the feel here. But there was also a little bit of a New Orleans vibe because every everybody who's French from New Orleans came from France. And so a lot of that was, you know, brought over. And I really had a hard time leaving. I got a little emotional. Oh wow! About leaving San, and we were going to Monaco for the Grand Prix. So you'd oh, think wow. I would have, you know, been Said, jumping out of my go. skin. Right there, I just really was affected by San Remy, and it, there was nothing opulent about it. It was just the countryside and the freshness of it. And I don't speak French, and uh, so it wasn't that. It wasn't that I had a great experience because I spoke the language and they treated me well. There was just really something special about it, and it affected me. How long were you there? About a week. About a week. You, and so are there plans to go back? I think so. We, we're planning to go back to, to France next year and maybe Bordeaux or Burgundy. We have so many friends who can, you know, just give us their itinerary. <laughs> but I, I, I want to make my way back to Saint-Rémy. You make me want to go. It was fabulous. Have you ever thought about doing something else? No. Never? No. Not since I've gotten into the industry because... I think because my job is my life and my life is my job. Right. It's so intertwined. And I think if to, to take, I don't know how I could take one away from the other. And it's kind of like a stool, you know, a three-legged stool. And you take one leg away, you can't sit on it anymore. You can't sur- yeah, it doesn't work. It, it, my life is so intertwined with the vineyard and, and the winemaking and this wine community and here. So... I, I really can't imagine doing anything else, and I can't imagine living anywhere else. So, your life is complete? Yes, I guess it is. Is there anything that would make it even better? That is a really, really good question. I, you know, I honestly, I feel like every element of it, I have a great vineyard management company, you know, Dur Farming, I have an amazing winemaker, Jeff Fontanella. Um, I, I don't really have anything that necessarily needs, you know, improving or is an, an issue. And I can't imagine, 
uh, I actually don't know. I can't think of a thing, which makes me feel good, though. Yeah. What is a bucket list item? Well, if if I could have absolutely anything and the fairy godmother just waved her wand, (laughs) I would kill to have my own line of boots. Are you wearing boots right now? Well, they're not quite the vineyard. I have a, a collection of vineyard boots that are really, really wild. Uh, and I, I really in, enjoy them. And it would be really fun if I could design them, you know, and have my own line of boots. That is a That would be number one on my bucket list. I am bummed that I didn't know that about you. That would have been over-the-top cool to have highlighted. <laughs> I do. I have, I have a an insane amount of vineyard boots and they're on the front porch at the farmhouse and people who know me they kind of look at my feet before they look at me because they they're like okay what's she wearing now oh my gosh well you're so beautiful they I'm sure that's not the case I'm sure they look at you first and then they quickly drop to your feet well they they know (laughs) I'm gonna have something crazy and wild on my feet so they want to get to that first you know Uh, you know I think it's hard to believe that they would go there first but you know I won't argue with you (laughs) okay Kieran let's let's wrap things up with five quick questions so the idea here is not to dwell on the answers or think hard about the answers just quickly answer them so ready yes okay who is one of your favorite singers Christina Aguilara okay uh, what kind of car do you drive I drive a Mercedes G63 okay who do you call for advice Oh, I call a lot of people for advice I'd say probably your go-to my, person my husband my husband okay what's one best-kept secret in wine country you know, I think the best kept secret secrets are people's private stash, like their family wine, like their shiners that they have. Great best kept secret. You know, that, that's a good one. And uh, what is the last piece of candy you ate? I'm not really a sugar girl, but I, I did have a, a macadamia nut that had a little dark chocolate on it the other day. Okay, you are featured in our Napa Valley book with a dessert. <laughs> How can you say you're not a sugar girl? I'm not, I'm not, but other people are, so I accommodate. <laughs> okay, well, those are our five quick questions for you, Karen. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. I so enjoyed our time together. Thank you, Michelle. You're lovely. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.